ground. We're breaking some ground. Um, there is a book called Spiritual Slavery to Spiritual Sonship by Jack Frost. And, and we've given all of those out. We have ordered some more. Kevin's got some more on order. We should get them. So first of all, accept my apologies for those of you that may have come today to get a book. Um, we will get that book to you just Wednesday. We'll be, we hopefully we'll have them by Wednesday. We'll let you know. Many of us have gotten into this book. It's really a shifting in our understanding of who we are. So we're going to continue to pick up where we started off last week, and we're going to talk a little bit about the orphan heart. We're going to talk a little bit about the orphan heart versus the sonship heart. Now, understanding that, that we were, we're all born with an orphan heart. The only ones that weren't born with an orphan heart was Adam. And when, when Eve was taken out of Adam, they operated without an orphan heart. But we, uh, we, we were born with that orphan heart. And that orphan heart wants to just seek or interdependence with God, or interdependent with God. Excuse me. The orphan heart does not want to seek to be interdependent with God. The orphan heart wants to be independent. I can do it by myself. I don't need nobody. I can, you know, and I had that heart. I've been operating out of that heart. And how many of you know that is not a good thing? Some might say, well, I'm a self-made man. I, I did it myself. No, you, you needed the breath of God to come into this world. Can I get an amen? So let's just pray. Father, even that revelation will be brought forth today. Wisdom will be brought forth today. God, we're asking you to help us see how we as sons of the Most High God can begin to operate in that sonship that you've called us to be. And God, we thank you that today we're going to displace some of this orphan heart where it continues to come in in our lives. God, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and give us the courage and strength to follow you in all of our ways. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. One of the things we talked about last week was trying to displace. Say displace. Tell your neighbor, say displace. Displace. We've got to displace this orphan heart. And, you know, I, I put the chair up here. Bobby, you want to, let's do this one more time. Bobby's going to get a chair. And we're going to talk a little bit about understanding how to displace this orphan heart. Because how many of you know that it's, we found out that it's not something you can cast out, but it's something that, that if I, my heart, this is my heart, and he's just sad in my heart, and this is an orphan heart, and, and, and I'm, I'm the sonship heart. I've got the heart of the, everybody, father. I've got the heart of the father, okay? So what happens is the orphan heart wants to have control. The orphan heart wants you to think a certain way, act a certain way, be a certain way. And the only way to do that is to displace this orphan heart and have the sonship heart. Can I get an amen? Now the orphan heart may try to come back in. The orphan heart may try to come back in. You're not worthy. You're not any good. God doesn't love you. You know, and all of a sudden, I'm thinking, woe is me. Are you right? I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I don't have the right background. I don't have the right education. I didn't come from the right place. I was born up in New York. I'm not from Oklahoma. I didn't, you know, all these different things. That's that orphan heart. But the sonship heart says, wait a minute. It's not about where I was born. It's who I belong to. 
The sonship part says, wait a minute, I am a child of the Most High God. I am the head, not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. I'm blessed going in and blessed going out. It doesn't, even it doesn't look that way right now, that is the truth, and the truth can override a fact. And in fact, I am a child of God, and I'm going to displace this orphan heart. And I'm going to say, you, you get off of there, and I'm going to sit on the throne and say, this is the heart that Jesus died for. This is the heart that Jesus had. Amen? So we've got to displace that orphan heart. Bobby, good job. Give him a hand. Amen? So we've got to displace that orphan heart. And I know what happens is that thing tries to come in. It tries to come in. It tries to come in. And you know what I'm talking about is the truth. That, that thought that says you're not good enough or that thought that says you're not this or you're not that, that thought that comes in, that is wrong. And we're going to talk about those things. So we've got to be able to displace. To displace literally means to move out of a usual place. Say, I'm going to displace that orphan heart. The orphan heart tells you you don't belong. You belong. Turn to your neighbor and say, you belong. Tell them you belong. Say, we're glad you're here. You belong. Amen. Okay, turn with me to, turn with me to 1 John. We'll, is it okay if we get into the Bible this morning? 1 John. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to sow something into your spirit this morning. And then in a little bit, I'm going to have the worship team come back up. And we're going to let God just... We'll just do some things in you this morning, okay? First John chapter 4. Let's look at verses uh, 4 through 18. And I don't know if, does, does he know that we're, we got a mic down here? Do you guys know we got this mic down here? Okay, good. Will you, will you read for us? First John chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. I put it on that paper if you I tried to make it. I'm sorry. Did I say 14 through 18? Yes. Forgive me, there isn't any 14 chapters in First John. No wonder you're confused. <laughs> There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. The reason I love is because God loved me first. The reason I give is because God gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the, that's the heart that God has for us. So a couple things. Living like an orphan spirit can literally mean struggling with constant fear and trusting. And we started a, a, a couple week series Wednesday night on trusting. So I want to encourage you to come Wednesday night and, and uh, let's work on displacing that orphan heart on Wednesday night also. Living like an orphan is a life of independence. You feel like you don't belong, but you feel like you can do it all yourself. You can do things completely on your own. Living with an orphan heart, it, it means that you've got the state of resistance or even agitation against people who don't think like you, don't look like you, don't act like you. That's an orphan heart when you get agitated at those people. When you live your life as if you don't have a home. How many of you know when I gave my life to Christ, I got a home? Come on, somebody. I got a city. I'm going to be in a city four square. I got a home in heaven. Amen? But I'm going to, but I'm going to be right here in this earth until then. Can I get an amen? So uh, living like that, you, you see every person that, that, that they don't love you or they don't care for you. This is that orphan heart. But if you begin to live in a heart of a sonship, if you begin to live in a heart of the Son of God, if you begin to live in that heart, you're going to be able to see that you have to be interdependent on the things of God. 
Okay? Let me give you some characteristics real quick of an orphan spirit. We covered a little bit of this last week, but I just want to review them. I'm going to go over them quickly. Again, you can go on our website. You can download last week's message and bring you up to speed here if you want to. Um, let's look at some of these characteristics. An orphan heart, an orphan spirit. It's unable to put down roots in a church or changes churches frequently. An orphan spirit always looks, uh, looks out for something bigger or better. That orphan spirit or that orphan heart is it's feeling-based faith. If it feels good, I'm going to do it. If it feels good, I'm going to do it. If it feels good, I'm going to do it. If it feels good, it's right. And if it feels that way, then I'll follow. And if I don't feel that way, then I won't follow. Come on. The orphan heart needs recognition. The orphan heart is easily offended with other people. The orphan heart of characteristics would be feelings of abandonment. Abandonment. Even when you're not abandoned, I talked last week about feeling alone in a crowd. Anybody been there? There's a difference between being alone and being lonely. You can be lonely in a crowd, and you cannot be lonely when you're even alone. Can I get an amen? amen. So the, the characteristics is also is um, an attitude of nobody's going to tell me what to do. You ever had that attitude? Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Another characteristic of that orphan heart is when, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You don't have to tell, I know, I got it all figured out, I know, I got it all figured out. Another characteristic of that orphan heart is a survivalist mentality, always looking out for themselves, oneself. It's about me. I'm gonna, I can survive. I, I can look out for myself. An orphan heart is never truly comfortable in the presence of an anointed spiritual father. Somebody that can help lead, guide, direct them. They're not comfortable in that way. Another characteristic is they reject others before they get rejected. They reject others. It's easy for me to reject him before he rejects me. So I'll go reject him before he rejects me. So I'm going to try to not get hurt. Amen. So we talked a little bit about last week about some of the images of God. If we can... You can kind of go ahead and let's see what I got next on there. We talked about the image of God. We talked about the difference between the orphan heart and the sonship heart. And again, the sonship heart sees God as a loving father. You want a sonship heart? You don't see God as a hard task master. If you have a heart of a son, you see him as a loving daddy, loving daddy. Do you see God that way? Do you see him as that way? Do you see oh, you're just a loving father and, and I can really get intimate with my dad and I can play with my dad and I can have fun with my dad and my dad will, you know, rub my head and make me feel good. That's, that's who we see our father as, our dad. And whether you call him daddy God, whether you call him father God, whether you call him pops, whatever you, whatever you call him, that's that intimate relationship that you have with him. So you have to develop that and it doesn't have to be the same as everybody else. But in order to be able to see an image of God as a son, you see him as a loving father. Say that. I see him as a loving father. Say it again. I see him as a loving father. We want to shift that. If you don't see him as a loving father, let's allow the sonship heart to come in and displace that orphan heart so you can see him as a loving father. Dad's in a good mood today. Oh, come on, somebody. Dad's in a good mood today. 
Dad loved the worship this morning. Dad enjoyed the worship this morning. Dad is, dad is pleased. We have a dad that's pleased with us. Can I get an amen? amen? The other thing that we talked about last week was dependency. And sons see dependency as being interdependent with dad. Orphans say, I don't need him. I can do it on myself. I can do it by myself. I can do it on my own. But sons, we're dependent on God. We cry out to you, holy, holy God is the Lord God Almighty. We cry out to you. And it acknowledges, the son acknowledges need. I need you. I need you. David had a sonship heart. He said, Lord, don't take your spirit from me. I need you. I need you. And he was a king ruling and reigning and warring and everything else. But the Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. The third thing that we talked about last Sunday was really theology. Was sons live by the law of love. Say law of love. And the orphans live by the love of the law. This is the way it's got to be done. I got to do it. I got to do like this. And if I fall off, I'm really in trouble. But sons live by the law of love. It's the love of God. God is everybody. God is He is love. He is love. So when we see that and we experience that, then those are the things that we're going to begin to shift in our mindset, okay? So do I have some handouts? Did we get some handouts? Can I have you guys hand these out? Because I want to help bring you up to speed. And as they hand these things out, we're going to talk about some points today. I am going to walk through this. This is not going to be a mix and stir. Here it is today. Poof, microwave it. Ding. It's ready to go. It's going to be something that we're going to walk through as sons and daughters of the Most High God. It's going to be something that we're going to displace that orphan heart. And how many of you know that orphan heart may not just take being displaced by one time? It may that, that thought process, those things will begin to come back in, Nick. Those things of thoughts will come back in. And you'll go, no, I've got to push them out. I've got to push them out. You just don't continue to operate. So we're going to, we're going to hand this out for you. And some of the... <laughs> We put some signs up, and some people wanted them and took them down and took them home. So I figured, well, we better do a handout on this, all right? So, um, so we want to be able to get this with you. When, you. when you find that, we're going to start with security today. The question is that I'm going to ask you today is, are you an orphan or are you a son? Are you an orphan? Do we operate as an orphan or do we operate as a son? So let's take a look at, uh, at security. Say security. So are you an orphan or are you a son? Let's, let's determine what you are. If, if we've run out, did we run out? If we run out, we'll get some more for you. If you don't have one, raise your hand. If you need one, everybody got one. I want to make sure. You guys did an awesome job. Thank you, guys. Make sure the sound booth up there gets one. Let's look at security. Orphans. Orphans are insecure. Usually become quite adept at covering their insecurities. They often strive to act right and to do enough to please God and to earn His blessings. Therefore, they're rarely experienced in an inward peace and rest. They rarely experience an inward peace and rest. Life for an orphan is often filled with uncertainty and fears of trusting, abandonment, and intimacy. That's the orphan heart. That's the orphan heart. Let's take a look at the sonship heart. Let's take a look at the sonship heart. The sonship heart, basically sons, in contrast, are at peace 
and rest in dad's embrace. Peace and rest. Anybody want some peace and rest today? Now look, what you have to understand is peace, shalom, in the Hebrew is peace. The scriptures in the Greek is it's the peace of God that transcends all understanding, that your heart and your mind will be set on him. That peace is not absence of conflict. The world will look at it and think, okay, the world's at peace. That means nobody's fighting. You can be, you can have conflict, and in the midst of that conflict, you can still have peace within you. Can I get an amen? Because the devil will bring conflict in your life. He'll bring conflict, but in the middle of that conflict, if you can continue to have peace, so the orphans are at peace and rest. Say peace and rest. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need some peace and rest. <laughs> Come on, you need some peace and rest. We need, we need peace and rest. There's time in Ecclesiastes, it talks about there's a time for everything. There's a time for war, there's a time for peace. You can be warned, you can be warned, you can be warned, but then there's still peace in the midst of your warring. And then there's a time where it's like, ah, I need to rest. What you doing today? I'm resting. I'm resting. Well, everything else is going on. Don't you understand? Life is really tough. The economy's bad and everything is bad. It's just bad, 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 bad. Why are you so at rest? Because I'm at peace. I'm at rest because I'm a son. I'm a son. So you can rest in the middle of conflict? Yes. You can rest in the middle of turmoil? Yeah. I sure can. So let's take a look at what else sons do. They know that their security in God does not depend upon their behavior, but it's based on the grace of God and the saving work that Jesus Christ did on the cross. I mean, Jesus himself said, I might be finished later. What did he say? It is. It's like the work that he did there. So we just rest in what Christ has done. Can I get an amen? amen. Let's take a look at needs for approval. Needs for approval. Orphans, they, the need for approval is universal. We all desire acceptance, don't we? Orphans, however, are addicted to, to and strive for praise, approval, and acceptance of man. But these counterfeit affections will not satisfy. Instead, they lead to fear, failure, and rejection, which pulls an orphan's heart farther away from daddy God. I, I'm not, look, I'm not, I'm not pointing things out. This is some of the research from the book. These are some things to look at. And I've seen myself. I'm not looking at you and what you got, what you don't have. Amen? I'm looking at me and saying, God, if I want to continue to live and to operate as a son of God, then I want to be able to displace that orphan heart. And I've seen these things. And some people might call it a Pharisee. That's a, that's a tough thing when you look at somebody who has a relationship with God and you call them a Pharisee. That's, that's pretty hard. But that's what Jesus said. Yeah, John 12, 43. So, okay, 12, 43. Jesus was at a place where he was really dealing with the Pharisaical situation. Pharisees had an orphan heart. Pharisees didn't really have a, a relationship with God. They just knew of God as a hard taskmaster. That lightning, you mess up, he's going he's to hit you with a bolt of lightning. 
So we've got to be able to understand that we can displace that orphan heart. I'm going to go back to verse 42. It says, Nevertheless, many, even the rulers, believed in him. But because the Pharisees, they were not confessing him, meaning Jesus Christ, for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. So some of them must have come to a relationship with Christ, but were afraid to say anything about it because they would be then now asked to leave the synagogue, right? So verse 43 says, For they love the approval of men rather than the approval of God. Would you rather have the approval of men or would you rather have the approval of God? Orphan heart wants the approval of man versus the approval of, of God. Now let's take a look at the sun side on that. The sun, when, the, when sons have need for approval, they're, they're, they're not influenced by turmoil and fear because they know they are totally accepted in God's love and justified by His grace. I don't know about you, but isn't, it, isn't that, that's what I want. Isn't that what you want? Knowing that I'm totally justified by God's love. God doesn't love you by how good you are. God loves you because you're his son. Woohoo! Hallelujah. Oh, man, that just got me off the hook here. Come on. You mean, you know, I, if I'm not perfect, if I don't do everything absolutely perfect the way that, that, that maybe the word says or maybe that, that I want to be able to, to do that that way, and if I make a mistake, then, then, then maybe I hold myself guilty. I'll get into that in just a minute. But sons are accepted by God's love. Will you accept God's love today? Totally, completely, will you accept God's love today? Will you accept his love today? Will you accept his love Right where you are, right what you're doing, right in the midst of what's going on in your life. Will you accept that love of God? Will you accept his love? Dad wants to love you. Will you accept his love? Say, I accept it. I'm like, yeah, baby, I'm in, baby, I'm in, I'm in, daddy, 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 I'm in, I'm right here, man. I'm right here. I'll accept your love. I need 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 your love. Let's look at sons also. It says they don't have to strive for approval because in Christ... They already have it. Can I say that again? In, they don't have to strive for approval. I don't have to get dad's approval. I already got it. It's kind of like that good housekeeping seal. It's, it's like, where's the good housekeeping seal? There it is. Okay, they're approved. When you become a believer in Christ... Is this the spirit of the living God moves on the inside of you? Oh, come on, somebody. Are you with me here? Y'all looking at me like I got four eyes or something. Well, I do. I got glasses on. When you come in and you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior and you've given your heart to Him, you are already approved. Amen. Woo! That makes me happy. It makes me good. Well, like, but I didn't give a hundred bazillion dollars. It's not about how much you give. Because the Pharisees were charging to get in and have penance and, and they, they got to pay to get in. And they were like, well, what about the poor folk who can't get in? Well, I guess they just, they're dead in their sin. 
Praise God for Jesus who ripped that veil that said, you don't have to go to some priest to get salvation. Can I get an amen? You don't have to come to me to get salvation. You go to him and you repent and you ask for forgiveness and you change your life. Come on, somebody. And God says, hey, I am going to put my stamp of approval on you and you are approved and you are a son of God. You're my own. You are joint heirs with Jesus. You're an ambassador in the kingdom of God. That's who you are. You're royalty. Turn your neighbor and say, you are royalty. You are royalty. I am royalty. I am royalty. Well, you don't have a royal robe. You've got to see in the spiritual realm, baby, because i got a royal robe going on. i got a royal robe. I might have been that, that son, that prodigal son, who once was lost and now is found. When I went off and did wayward living and all that other stuff, he didn't say, here comes my son, the servant. He said, here comes, I, I need somebody to clean my floors. I'm glad he's coming back. I need somebody to milk the cow and, and shovel the hog manure. And I need somebody to be able to feed the chickens. And here comes my son. He was looking down the road. And he was saying, whoa, ho. And the son was like, I'm going to go live in my daddy's house. I can be a servant. Do you remember the story? I can be a servant. And when he come down the road and his father saw him. And he must have been looking down the road. He must have been saying, is he coming today? Is he coming today? Where's my son today? Where's my son today? Is he coming today? Oh, the, uh, who is that coming down the road? Who is it? I can see the top of his head. Oh, now there's his shoulders. Hey, 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 there he is. That's my boy. That's my boy. Hey, hey, that's my boy. And the son says, hey, dad, dad, dad. He said, dad, he, dad I know I messed up. I know I can be a servant. He's like, you are not a servant. You are a son. Get the robe, baby. Kill the fatted calf. It's time to party. It's time to party. Do you know what I mean? It was like, hey, get the ring. Give me the ring. That's covenant. Give me that ring. Give me that robe. That's who you are. You are not a servant. You are a son. You are not the tail. You are the head. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. That's who you are. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's who you are. Tell them, say, you're royalty. You are royalty. And uh, some of us say, you know, here's what we're doing. Here's some of like, I don't feel like royalty. It's not based on how you feel. Amen. Praise God it's not. Are you saved? Yes. Are you born again? Yes. There's days I don't feel like it. But it doesn't matter because I got the stamp. Hello? I'm sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. I'm sealed. We got the seal. We got the seal of God. You worried about the seal of the mark? Don't worry about the mark. You got the seal of God. Hello? So we're royalty. Say, I'm royalty. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look good? Because you're royalty. Huh? I'm serious. I'm serious. We're going to get this in us. We're going to get this in us. And in three, four, five years, I don't know, it might be next week, you all are going to say, hey, wait a minute, I'm royalty. I'm royalty. I'm royalty. I'll supersize that. <laughs> I'll supersize that McDonald's. Because <laughs> I'm royalty. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> so let's look at motive for service. That brings me to motive for service. So as a son, you, you already got dad's approval. Dad loves you. He loves you. He loves you. You got his approval. Let's walk in that approval. Amen? The enemy is just trying to keep you from not walking in that. Walking in that. Let's take a look at at motive for service. Here's orphans. 
Orphans serve out a sense of need for personal achievement as they seek to impress God and others. This often takes the form of hyper-religious activity. Some orphans then become so tired. Look at the body of Christ today. I'm tired. I'm cynical. Right? They struggle. They lose motivation for serving. And they end up in apathy. Well, I guess I, I guess I, how would y'all be if I came in here and go, well, I guess I'm going to preach today. See, there's some people showed up and they, I guess I got to preach, huh? I guess I'll preach. I might, what am I going to preach on? I don't really feel like preaching today. I just, maybe they all go home. Is that a heart of a son or is that a heart of an orphan? Check out the son. Sons, on the other hand, joyfully serve out of motivation driven by deep sense of gratitude in God's unconditional, let me say that again, God's unconditional love and acceptance. You mean to tell me God loves me, I'm five foot eight. But I'll take you to the, to the rim, baby. And he loves Shorty because he's seven two. Hello? Does he love Shorty more than he loves me? Does he love me more than he loves Shorty? Are you with me? See, what he is his favorite, and I'm his favorite too. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're his favorite. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm his favorite. See, I'm his favorite. I am his favorite. I mean, Dad's got a lot of kids, and we're all his favorite, right? So it doesn't matter how big, little you are, where you come from, what your background is. When you come into Christ, the Bible says that the old has passed away, the new has come. We have become a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm not that who I used to be back then. I am something new. I have got a new DNA. I am royalty. I am a son of God. I am a child of the Most High God. I am loved by my daddy. Hallelujah. See, when y'all don't love me, it don't matter because... My daddy loves me. When you don't feel like you're loved by somebody else, it doesn't matter because daddy loves you. Tell your neighbor, say, daddy loves you. So look at the difference in serving. Orphans basically serve because they have to. Sons serve because they want to. I want to. I want to serve. I want to serve. I, I want to serve. I mean, I'd go home with my, my biological father when, when he, was, he was fighting an illness, and I'd say, what do you want done? He's like, you see that pool out there? I said, yeah. I needed a repaired and stuccoed. Okay. You want me to pay for it, or are you paying for it? He said, I'll buy the materials, but you and your brother do it. And that's what we did for like six weekends. We came up, and that's all we did is plastered an inside of a pool plastered it you know why because he wanted to use it and i didn't say well by the way dad i want you paying me <laughs> if i said that never mind i don't know what my daddy would <laughs> i don't know what my daddy would have done you know my dad had some big guns he was a bricklayer you know it was like my, my son my brother told me one time he said don't let, ever let dad get a hold of you <laughs> and i said i'll be good <laughs> but i'm accepted by my father and i serve my father out of love I serve my father out of love. And that's, what, that's the difference between his son. So orphans 
They're expecting something in return. And sons, they serve out of love and they are giving oriented. Giving oriented. We serve out of love. You're a son, you serve out of love. You bless somebody out of love. You help somebody out of love. It's not about what you can get. If a lady's, a lady's stopped and they need a tire change and they got a flat, you just don't come up and say, well, let me see, mama, uh, how much you going to pay? I mean, I'd be saying, go. God will send me somebody else. I'm not going to pay you to change my tire. But out of love, we stop, we pull over, we change that tire. Out of love, we give. Out of love, we fast. Out of love, we pray. Out of love, we rejoice. Out of love, we worship God. We worship him out of love. Amen? It, it, an orphan does it out of duty. Can I say it that way? An orphan does it out of duty, but a son does it because of who he belongs to. Okay, one more thing, and then we're, then we're going to ask the Spirit to just solidify some things this morning. Motives behind Christian disciplines. Orphans, some orphans are apathetic and, and possess no motivation for observing Christian disciplines. And they are some of those who, there are some of those who do pursue Christian disciplines. Like prayer, reading the Bible, studying, fasting. But they pursue these out of a sense of duty and a hope from earning God's favor. You've ever felt that way? I've felt this way. If I didn't have my morning time, I thought, oh no, I messed up. I really messed up. They often evaluate how spiritual they are in others by how much time they spend each day in prayer, Bible reading, and how often they fast. Prayer, Bible reading, and fasting is good things. Okay? Many orphans can quote the Bible extensively and pray for hours at a time, yet have never known personally the affectionate love and acceptance of God. That was me. That's me. Before I came to him, before I've experienced this love, Jesus chastised the Pharisees in John chapter 5, verses 39 and 40. Do we have that? John chapter 5, verses 39 and 40. There you go. Angela, would you read that for us? You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me, and you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. He was talking to the Pharisees here. He's like, you, you, you know the scriptures, you search them, and you think that in the scriptures you're going to have eternal life. How many of you know eternal life is not from the scriptures? There is a way to tell us how to do it, but what I'm saying is I can read this book, know this book, and if I don't have a personal intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, I just know this book. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you all get this? It may tell me how to get saved, but I've got I've to be like Nicodemus and say, well, how can I be born again? You know what I mean? And the scriptures will lead me that. And the scriptures are good. I'm not devaluing the scriptures in one way, in any way, shape, or form, because there is life in the scriptures. Can I get an amen? amen. The word of God will rightly divide some things for you and help you understand who you are. The word of God tells us you're a son of God, tells us you're a child of the most high God. The word of God tells us that we are sons of his. Yes. Amen. But he's, he, that's what he was saying to the Pharisees. He's like, man, he's like, you guys search the scriptures. You know the scriptures. You know the scriptures. You search the scriptures and know the scriptures. But he said, look at this. He said, but they, they testify about me. And in the scriptures, you know, even in Daniel and Isaiah, there were plenty of times where it tells about Jesus Christ and the coming of the Messiah. It's like, I'm here and y'all, y'all don't even see it. So he's, he basically says that 
and you are unwilling to come to me so that you can have life. The only way to have life, true life, is to come to Jesus Christ. Orphans' motivation is wrong. Orphans who practice the Christian discipline easily miss the love and the intimacy of Daddy God. There are times where I'm like, I I know I need to read something, and I know I need to get in there, and there are times where I can just open the Word. And I'm not looking for any specific thing. I just start reading, and then I see Dad's love being released on me. And there's times where all of a sudden I can be have an intimate moment with him. An intimate moment. An intimate moment to really experience his love, to really experience his grace, to really experience his mercy upon my life. I'm going to have the worship team come on up, if you will. So orphans' motivation is wrong. Orphans who practice the Christian disciplines easily miss the love and intimacy of God. Now let's look at the sons. Say, I'm a son. Sons find the Christian discipline a pleasure and a delight rather than a duty. Those who receive deep revelation of Father God's love often discover that many of the things that they used to do, listen, religiously, take on a whole new meaning for them. (laughs) I like that one. Those things that you may have used to do religiously, I got to go, I got to go, I got to pray, I got to pray, I got to fast, I got to pray, I got to... All of a sudden, now they take on life. Can I say, can we say life? They take on life. Those things become, have a whole new meaning. The new motivation of love replaces the old motivation of duty and obligation out of fear. Come on, can I get an amen? Praise God, we're doing this testing today. Amen? For sons, all the things of the Spirit include the Christian disciplines. They become sources of joy. I do it out of joy. I do it because I love it. I do it because there's pleasure. Because he loves me. And you know what? Not only that, but it brings me life instead of death. It brings me life instead of death. So what are those things? And what I want to do is just take a moment and let's just allow the Spirit of God just to begin to displace some things. Today, God has highlighted some things and said, Ooh, I'm operating in that orphan spirit in this area. And it's not, this is something that God's just going to work on beginning to displace as we begin to step in as sons this morning. So today, are you insecure in the things of God? Are you struggling with security? Do you have needs of approval? I need to be approved by man. I need to be approved by man. Or are you at a place where just God approves you? You can be approved by God. What about motivation for service? Is there something there that says, I've been serving you out of duty, and I now want to serve you, Dad, out of love? What about motives behind some of the things you're doing? Are some of the things that we're doing just going through the routines of doing them? Or will they take on? Ask God. Say, Dad, I just want, as I pray and I read, I just want your love just to overflow on me. As I meditate on you and your principles and your precepts, as I climb up in your lap and as I look to you as a loving father, I want you to hug me. I want you to hold me. I want to be more intimate with you. And these things that I'm doing, 
God, help me do them with joy and peace and love. Help me understand those things. Let me serve you, not because I have to out of duty, but because I love you. And when I give and I give to the church and I give to others and I give of my time and talent and all those things, let me give because I love you. Maybe you're like a prodigal son and you've been gone and I want you to know that God is looking down the road. Dad's looking down the road and he's saying, I'm waiting on you to come home. I'm waiting on you to come home. Maybe that's you today. And you say, well, you don't know, preacher, what I've done. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. God can forgive you, will forgive you, and he'll cover those things with the blood of Jesus Christ. Maybe you've been running and God says, I got you. I got you. As they worship this morning, you just just find a place with God for the next few moments. And let's just worship the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings. Let's just worship the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings. Yes, let's just worship the Lord of Lord and King of Kings. Step into those things this morning. Just, just put your hand on your heart. And just say these words after me. Say, Father, displace my orphan heart. Give me your heart. Displace my ways. And give me your ways. I'm your son. And I want to be your son. Let me receive your love. Even though I don't feel it, I know you love me. I belong to you. And I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit. I see him just releasing love. I see him just releasing love. I see him just releasing love on you. I'm going to pray for you as you go home today. I'm going to pray that you walk in the heart of the Father because you are a son of God. You're a child of the Most High God. There's just a shifting going on. There's a changing going on in your heart. And you'll be able to identify some things and say, no, I'm going to have the heart of God. I'm going to have the heart of my Father. Jesus said, I don't do anything unless I see what my Father's doing. I don't do anything unless he shows me one. And God's going to show you his love. He's going to show you. He's going to bring you through a process. Some of you faster than others. Some of you quicker than others. Some of you are going to be on the fast lane. Some of you may be like me that seems to be on the, the slow lane and it, it takes some time. I pray for your heart today for you to have the heart of a son. And the heart of a son is the heart of a champion.
And the heart of champion is a heart of royalty. And the heart of son is, is a heart of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. But you operate in that heart that God's given you today in Jesus' name. Look at me, church. You are blessed and loved by your God. Amen? And give him some praise. Hallelujah. If you need prayer this morning, we'll pray for you. If you've connected to God the first time that you've ever connected to God, let us know about that. May you be blessed in everything that you do today. Girlfriends, is at 4 o'clock. Come and be blessed. Love on one another. If you need prayer, we'll pray for you. God bless. Go in the power and his might. Those of you that are visiting, we welcome you back to Living Word Fellowship. May you go with the love and the peace of God today. In Jesus' name, amen.